Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I'm going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. I can still vividly remember my first install for my first exhibition. It was in 2013 for a group show, and it was during my core fellowship at the Penland School of Crafts. I was the only core fellow with zero experience exhibiting, let alone installing, and my insecurities were off the charts. I was tasked with hanging my own work, and although it seems silly now, I had no idea how to work out those measurements. Installs are intense, and a lot of work, And ours definitely ran into the wee hours of the night. And you know, the more tired one becomes, the easier it is to get frustrated. My frustrations peaked after spending an embarrassingly long amount of time trying to hang three necklaces, which were all different lengths, in a linear fashion where the pendants had to hang just at the same exact height. I stumbled my way through, and eventually those necklaces were hanging just the way I envisioned them and I could not have been more pleased with myself. That is, until the other members of my install team took one look at them and asked me, are those hanging to 60 to center? To which I responded, I don't even know what that means. I was just about to lose my mind as they explained that all the artwork needed to be hung to this height specification for congruity amongst the pieces in the gallery. It was just a known thing. 60 to center. It is the average eye level. And that, my friend, is the formula for hanging artwork. I was so upset and exhausted that the rest of the install crew decided, you know, it wasn't worth it to take everything down, spackle, sand, paint, and yes, start over. They took pity on this amateur. And this experience was so traumatizing that to this day, Everything I hang is meticulously measured and yes, hung at 60 to center. So what does this story have to do with today's episode? Well, as someone who has since gained plenty of valuable experience, both installing shows and co-curating exhibitions, I wanted to give listeners who are interested in curating, but are intimidated due to their lack of experience, this insight. You know, you have to start somewhere. And if you're unable to find someone to offer you this type of experience, create your own and figure it out as you go. I mean, you already know what 60 to Center is. Currently, New York City Jewelry Week is accepting submissions for 2019, but that May 1st deadline is quickly approaching. So even if you don't know all the details or have them all worked out, you can still submit your proposal for say, I don't know, a panel or a tour or an exhibition, or whatever event you think will be a valuable addition to this week dedicated to promoting and celebrating the world of jewelry, go to nycjewelryweek.com and click on Submit an Event 
You'll need a short description, about 250 words, and five images to support your proposal. You'll have until November to work out all the details, so just get that submission in. My guests today are jewelers and co-curators whose first endeavor, Icons at Play, took place in 2017 at Brooklyn Metalworks in Brooklyn, New York. They first met while they both were studying at the Rhode Island School of Design, and through their friendship and shared interest in exploring themes regarding social media and how it influences our work and our public versus private lives, this curatorial team evolved. There is a lot of work that goes into making an exhibition happen. I think we all can agree on that. Beyond the logistics, what makes a show successful, at least in my opinion, is the concept and the aesthetic behind it all. And this is something I believe Kendra Pariso and Manuela Jimenez are nailing. They've put out two calls and have accomplished two exhibitions that have clearly displayed their collective taste and visions as curators. This past November, they curated the show Hashtag Fail, Hashtag Success for the inaugural NYCJW. And if you were in attendance, it's likely you saw this exhibition because it was installed right at the headquarters in Soho. At the same location, I spent the day with my microphones talking to those in attendance about Jewelry Week and why they were there and their experiences. I reached out to Kendra and Manuela because I was curious to know, what is the story behind this independent curatorial team? How are they funding these exhibitions in a city known for being expensive? And what is the value in creating opportunities for others? Before we get to today's recordings, I want to note a few things. Often, when I interview, I prefer my conversations to be just that, conversations. So often myself or guests are sharing information from memory, which is not always the most accurate. We talk a lot about numbers in this interview, so Manuela and Kendra asked me to clarify the following. For their show Icons at Play at Brooklyn Metalworks in 2017, they received 88 applications, and the fee was $25, giving them approximately $2,200 to work with. Now, this covered the cost of the show, but they did not pay themselves or the help they received from Ho He to install. For their hashtag fail, hashtag success show at New York City Jewelry Week in 2018, they received 39 applications and the fee was $35, giving them approximately $1,365 to work with. This covered the show cost, but they were negative around $500. They also didn't pay themselves or the help they received from Ho He to install yet again, or their intern Camilla Escobar, who helped them install and sat during their gallery hours throughout the week. They sold one piece at that Brooklyn Metalworks show in 2017, and they did not sell any work during the New York City Jewelry Show. And what does this curatorial duo have planned for the future? Well, they have presented a rough idea to the NYCJW for 2019, but they are still figuring out sponsorship, budget, and overall logistics of what their plan will entail. They're going to keep everybody posted through their Instagram feed at Icons at Play, which will of course be in the description of the podcast and on our website. So please welcome today's guests, Kendra Pariso and Manuela Jimenez. Um, 
model student. So <laughs> you've been here. Ooh, good lord! It is 5:44. Yeah. On Monday, the first day of New mm-hmm. York City Jewelry Week, <laughs> we've both been here all day long. I think yes. you got here right after me, right? I, yeah, you were the first person I saw when I walked in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we're having that marathon day together, mm-hmm. and I think. Does Artisan Fleas just close at 8? Is yeah. that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So 11 to 8 is when they're open. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we pulled the full day. Um, Kendra, will you say your last name for me? Because That's fine. It's Pariso. Pariso. So you don't pronounce the L-T at the end. I've definitely been saying Parasalt. That's fine. Most <laughs> people do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying mm-hmm. that. No problem. So Kendra Pariso. I did yeah, it right? Okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, did I get that right? Um, you curated uh hashtag fail hashtag success yep exactly which Mm -hmm. is right behind us so you guys were at the headquarters i'm here today but today only but there's a lot of different things that have going on here there's jewelers selling their work there's amelia tolke's installation there's the hashtag fail hashtag Mm -hmm. success exhibition um, there's Missy Graf Balone with Wellness for Makers here. So there's a lot going on. It's kind of the hub of everything. Yep. Um, and that's kind of amazing that you guys got your exhibition here because I'm sure a lot of people would have loved that. Oh, it's totally. Yeah, we're, we're really lucky to be. It's, it's such an activated space. You yeah. know, everyone being here, there's so much going on. Um, everyone coming to get their maps and everything. Mm-hmm. It, we couldn't really have um, picked a better spot, I think. Yeah. And how did that come to be? Was it just like Bella and JV kind of approached you or did you ask about it? No. So um, Bella, so Manuela and I curated a show about, um, last fall. Oh, yeah. And so her co-curator is Manuela Jimenez. Jimenez. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to say Jimenez. Yeah. So Jimenez. Okay. And um, we, last year at Brooklyn Metalworks, and we did that together. Um, it was also, it, that show was actually called Icons at Play. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bella saw the show when it was up. And mm-hmm. then last spring, she approached us about doing something for Jewelry Week this year, um, which we were super excited about. And then a few, we started looking for spaces and asking, you know, her how we should approach that, if she had any leads. And Bella actually invited us to just be here, which was amazing. Nice. So yeah, it worked out. Once they confirmed the space, she invited us. So, And so with that, I mean, we all signed contracts about liability and being mm-hmm. here because we're at Artists and Fleas and that is a business. And yeah. so it's wonderful that we get to use this space in the first place. It's You guys, it's right in the middle of Soho. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good oh, spot. Awesome. They yeah. couldn't have planned this better. No. Um, for being in an exhibition here, do you have to pay them for to rent the space at all? We did not. No, that and is I, so I'm not special. sure. I know. I'm not sure what the arrangement was with um, New York Jewelry Week and Artist and Fleas. Yeah. But um, Manuel and I did not, which is huge. I mean, yeah. it would have been extremely expensive to rent a space in Soho to put up a show. So. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. half the battle. I think why a lot of people were intimidated by New York City Jewelry Week in some ways, by any Jewelry Week. Right. I mean, it's expensive to get a spot in Munich or anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I think we did Munich last year and we got our spot for the whole week for 670 euro. Oh, wow. Because okay. it was somebody's like yeah. painting studio and they rent it out every year for right. it. So they just kind of give you this great everybody wants you to do things so they give you that but with here with it being the first jewelry week and whatever we yeah. we don't have that reputation yet no really. and also i mean real estate in new york is just expensive it's you know the most expensive <laughs> real estate in the world yeah so. so and you know retail level and also i don't think mo i mean there are a few websites that i know about that do these kind of pop-up rentals yeah. um 
but that's not very common in New York. Yeah. I think because um, people are so worried about insurance and liability and all of these things that they want to draw up long-term leases and stuff. So yeah. it's it becomes, you know, not a, it's not a smart decision, I guess, right? Unless yeah. you're like signing a ten-year lease or something, but yeah. which no one's going to do that for Jewelry Week, but. <laughs> Yeah, so we had we played around with some options. We didn't get very far, and then Becca uh, Bella invited us, so it worked out. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were doing the same thing back and forth with them, and it's interesting. You mentioned like a pop up or like rental experiences mm-hmm. kind of thing. My friend runs a gallery in Brooklyn, and he does that when he doesn't have shows. He rents the space out per day. Oh, that's nice. And so I didn't bring it up to him because I didn't want to be like I'm your friend, right? But he offered <laughs> oh, it. Oh, that's great. And I think he knew we were struggling to find a space, and we didn't have a lot of find. We just did a big show in Munich, so mm-hmm. we didn't really want to invest a whole lot, right? Um, so he's he blocked it for the oh, one day for us. Nice. Yeah, that's so really we, cool. <laughs> yeah, we both got that free j- yeah, space, exactly. which is like half the battle. Man. Oh my god, like seventy five percent, I think. I mean, yeah. even last when we did the, our show at Brooklyn Metalworks, same mm-hmm. thing. They hosted it, so they invited us in as guest curators, which oh, was amazing. Nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think there is a lot of, you know, people want to help each other. Yeah. So it is nice. You can find friends and other people support it, supporting our creativity and helping us bring artists together. So that's great. Yeah. And yeah. I've talked to some people. I know some people like have straight up like paid full price to rent a space yeah. this week. Or I think a lot of people are making it work in different ways. Mm-hmm. So your partner, yes. Manuela, who I'm going to be talking to in just a moment as mm-hmm. well. Um, how do you guys know each other? So we went to RISD together. Oh, okay. um, yes, we um, both graduated from the MFA program in Jewelry and Metals oh. in 2013. So did you overlap with any of my studio mates? Yeah, so we okay. were in the same year as Leslie and Mallory. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I got to meet you guys all at Mallory's wedding yes. this summer, which I was really excited about because yes. I had heard so much about you. So yeah. it was great to connect in that mm-hmm. way. So are you a full-time jeweler in your day job as well? Like no. Well, I'm a jewelry designer now. Oh, okay. So I, um, what I do these days, I do all custom work. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of engagement rings. I nice. do a lot of resets, um, just like special projects for people. Yeah. And um, it's all word of mouth. So it's yeah. a lot of referrals, which I'm super grateful for. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I make everything here in the Diamond District. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have your studio down here in the Diamond District? So I I do. I work from home. I have okay. a 16-month-old baby. I was going to say, don't you? You're, mm-hmm. like, you're a mama, and I know yeah. that you're a little... I've seen pictures. Little yeah. one looks small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I um, I work from home. I do have help taking care of him at home. Mm-hmm. But um, I have just a little office kind of desk space in our apartment. Mm-hmm. So I get to do everything there, but I source all of my diamonds and I, all my casting and everything is in the Diamond District. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you live in New York? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Where in New York do you live? On the Upper West Side. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I actually know where that is yeah. and what that means now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before moving to Philly, I'd been to New York like once. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so in the last year, I've been here more than I ever imagined I would be. Well, it's close to Philly, which is nice. It is. And yeah. it's interesting. When I first moved there, though, it felt like such a big deal to come up to New York. And now it's like, I mean, I drove up here last night. And I'm going to drive home tonight. You right. know, I'll go up and back down. Mm-hmm. And I know Manuela. I work at the company that she used oh, to yeah. work at mm-hmm. in 
Philly, Barry O'Neill. Hey. Yep. <laughs> and I know that she commuted for yes. a wa- long yeah. time. Yeah. And a lot of people do that between New York and Philly. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's what is it, an hour and a half drive. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half, four, hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, two hours by the Bolt bus. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah, Mm-mm. and to get to come up here and, like, see all the things. Yeah. So what strikes me about your show um, is your install. It's really thoughtful. There's a lot going on there. Um, down to your holographic vinyl that you use for the names. You guys, if you... Uh, this this is going to air after the show is already down, but there'll be plenty of pictures and yes. you can always look up and I'll ask for photos yes. to show. You can look at our Instagram um, at icons at play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even from the tables to there's computers. They're um, digital photo screens. Okay. Digital yeah. photo mm-hmm. screens. Okay. So there's a lot going on there. Um, as uh, your partnership, how do you guys go about funding these curatorial projects? So we, when we do an, an open call, we mm-hmm. charge a um, application fee. Yeah. And sometimes we will invite artists to participate, but we still ask them to pay for the fee. Okay. Um, and, and we let people know that that application fee is going to fund the show. Okay. So the more applicants that we get, the more money we have to pay for things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like a. I have a little bit of a double-edged sword feeling about it because I do yeah. feel badly, you know, for the people who don't get into the show and they had to pay the twenty-five or thirty-five dollar application fee. Yeah. But it does help us in the long run promote the show and um, pay for all the displays and all the vinyl and everything. I mean, it adds up, as you know. But yeah, yeah so that's how we fund everything through that. This year, so the when we did the show at Brooklyn Metalworks, we had about double the amount of applicants. So mm-hmm. we had a much bigger budget to work with. Um, this year, we've had to dip into our pockets a little bit, but yeah. it's, it hasn't been too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the screens, like the digital photo screens, those look really stunning. What are on those, actually? I haven't even gotten to really look at the show yet. So the call that we did this time, it's um, we basically asked artists who are actively using social media, especially Instagram, to mm-hmm. influence their work to apply. And what we, what we were wanting to see is, you know, there's always been this kind of... Ex- um, this idea that the artist's studio is a private space and that's mm-hmm. where the work happens and then they come to a gallery and it's presented to the world in its pristine, finished format. But now through Instagram, we're seeing the whole process. People mm-hmm. are pro- posting um, their their um, their samples, the failures that come along with getting to that final piece. And yeah. a lot of times, um, like Aureli, she uses Instagram a lot and she actually asks questions and she'll yeah. say, you know, what I'm trying to figure out what to do to finish this piece off. Should I add more glitter? Should I not? That kind of a thing. And, yeah. and she'll get all these comments. And it's really cool how people, like artists, are opening themselves and they're making themselves a little more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So on the screens, we have, um, we made these videos that sh- it's, a, it's a loop and we've selected certain images out of people's Instagram feeds. Yeah. And we're just showing their process. On, oh, on the screens. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it looks like a little um, Instagram feed that just scrolls itself. So when you were doing this application, what were you looking for in that application? Like, what made these people stand out more than others? Beyond, I mean, of course, that they're on Instagram and using it. Yep. But 
So, well, I mean, we obviously were looking for strength of work, um, yeah. but then also we did look at people's Instagrams and with the pieces that they applied, we were looking for, um, you know, their use of how they use social media. And yeah. if they were really pushing that piece out there and showing us, you know, how they're doing that. So it was a big part of the application for sure. Um, and then we also wanted people to show us, we had them sent when they submitted their application, we had them show pictures of their failures to get mm -hmm. to the finished piece. So we wanted people kind of who had that whole process. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a really great idea. And it, I mean, it seems so obvious that there should be a show about this because yeah. for me, I do think about that a lot. And I really like people's transparency about the failures. Right, exactly. Because mm -hmm. I think for somebody like me, like my mentor, when I first started out, I was just seeing all these like beautiful, wonderful pieces she had made. And there was a day in the studio, I wasn't having a good day. And right. she's like, let me show you something. And she like <laughs> showed me her work from undergrad. Right. And it really turned things around for yeah. me. Just yeah. getting that understanding of where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Because when you do see these like pristine shows, you just don't understand how could they could ever get to those places. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's fun too. Cause I think, you know, it's just this new world that we have that we didn't, I mean, even 10 years ago, right. We didn't yeah. have Instagram. So it's this, um, we're getting to know people like I see I met you once at a mm -hmm. wedding this summer but I already feel like I know like this morning I walked in I was like hey Sarah and I know. Like, literally oh, yeah. I met you once and I gave you a hug but I feel like I know you because of Instagram which yeah. is cool and weird but it is what it is yeah. so we have this exposure to each other and like you were like oh yeah I've seen your baby on Instagram you know mm -hmm. like people I feel like our parents or something might think that's weird you know yeah because it's hard to relate to right but yeah. I think it's awesome we have this little insight into people's lives and yeah. there and then on the other side of that there's this um a lot of people only do put up sort of the perfect or they're portraying sort of this like perfect ideal um life on Instagram yeah. which obviously we all know that's not true no one's life is perfect so it yeah. is nice when people kind of show like their mess ups, you know, mm -hmm. or their, their failures. So it's important. And it's interesting how, you know, you're the like sixth or seventh person I've interviewed today, but, um, this conversation of jewelry week, you know, I'm talking to people about like, what are you most excited about? Mm -hmm. What is interesting here? Why, why are you here? What's the value of this experience? And a lot of people have brought up the social media connection and coming to a place where you can make those connections in person. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of people approach me saying they feel like they know me so right. well because of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and our parents can't relate to that no. at all. And the favorite conversation I had so far today was, you know, some people, when you are so connected on social media and you message on there and you comment on people's pictures and maybe you've never actually met them in real life and then you do meet them in real life, it's interesting how some people approach that. Because right. there's some people that act like they don't know you. Right, exactly. Because they've never actually met you in real life. But then there's other people that are like, oh, yeah, girl, I know you. We yeah. message, we comment, whatever. Right, you exactly. Know? Um, yeah. And there's no right or wrong way. I think mm -hmm. it's just people's comfort level or how they yeah. can approach it mm -hmm. and get warmed yeah. up to it. Yeah. It's true. It is. It's, it's just a whole new dimension, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. So for you and Manuela, you know, this is your second um, time curating a show. There definitely seems... Um, your aesthetic. I yeah. saw it in icons. I definitely see it in hashtag fail, hashtag success. Mm -hmm. I like your aesthetic a lot. Thank so you. That's yeah. exciting. Um, very contemporary, you know, design forward. 
are you too thinking that this will be something like if another idea comes along great or are you consistently like what's the next thing let's keep pushing ourselves to do this so we both work full time so and you know our normal kind of career jobs or whatever yeah. so i think it is it's hard to do a ton of this but we yeah. both really enjoy it and um i think we would definitely continue doing it like once a year is kind of what we're thinking yeah. I mean, um, once a year is a lot already yeah, yeah yeah it's a lot and and we we love it and we we do we get really into the display and we kind of put a lot of thought into the display mm -hmm. um manuela and her wife they kill it they just help i mean we plan everything and we pick our kind of color scheme and everything but ho really helps us with the installs we mm -hmm. we couldn't do it without her so we're lucky for that um she has a furniture background she's an okay. artist as well so she helps us um now a tremendous i get amount. it because mm -hmm. i was like your pedestals with that like neon acrylic yeah. on top it's, yeah it's good yeah so we have um we have a lot of fun with it and we definitely do kind of try to stay consistent to our like little brand we're making with the yeah. icons but um, yeah, we'd love to just keep going and, and as things come up, we don't have a plan for right now for the next thing, but we'll, we'll keep going. Yeah. Have mm -hmm. you ever thought, of, do you want to go like international, like Munich jewelry or we've, Athens? We've talked about it. Um, we haven't talked about it with like too, too seriously, but yeah. I think, yeah, it could come out. It could happen. It's a whole other level of it too. You know, it's one thing to put on an exhibition here where you know where to get the materials right. and whatever, but when you have to ship it over yeah. or bring it over. I remember last March us running around for like a couple hours just trying to find white sheets. Right. Or a plain mirror. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> like trying to like find out if there was an Ikea nearby. I was like, is that a thing? Is right. there an Ikea in jury? And then we get into our, a cabin. We're like, can you go to Ikea? And he's like, Ikea? Um, and that's how they say it over right. there. And he was making fun of me and we couldn't tell. Oh, God. That's but, so funny. But it is interesting. And we never did find white sheets. Mm, we just so had funny. to use folded paper. That's hysterical. So you really have to think about everything when you're going over there. And mm -hmm. you can't take anything for granted that you'll be able to source it because it it's just, you know, there's not a Rite Aid there. Right, right. You know, like a drugstore with everything you might need. Yeah. It's a different way of finding things. So. No, it's true. We did. Um, so in at RISD, we did... Um, we exhibited in Rotterdam oh. when with Mallory oh, and yeah, she told Leslie. Me about that. Yeah, so Manuela and I were both on that trip, and um, we it was that was a huge part of it. We had to pack basically all of our displays. Yeah. So we had to figure out how we were going to build our displays and something that we could break down and put into a suitcase and then put back up once we were there. So that was a really cool learning experience. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. a good challenge, and I think it teaches you for anything even just for this right you know we're doing the same trying yeah to figure it out yeah Manuela um so we had the like for the um tables the yeah. pedestals we had the tops pre-cut so we had those ready to come here and then Manuela um and we had an intern also they actually pre um scored like every piece that's underneath holding oh, them up because is it just cardboard like it's white? corrugated plastic oh, yeah corrugated. so on the way so then when we got here we could just fold them into place and yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's pretty smart too you have yeah. an in intern yeah we have an intern what look at you guys <laughs> how did you yeah. th was it something where someone reached out to you like hey i want to work with you or did you put a call out for an intern no it w it's a friend of ours oh, yeah so okay. she's helping us out oh mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah 
Um, for Jewelry Week, mm-hmm. I mean, I felt last year at Munich, I think I saw maybe 10 exhibitions. You mm-hmm. know, the year before I'd gone, I saw like 50. Right? right. When you're exhibiting, it really changes your experience. Like today, I'm in New York all day, but I've been in this one right. spot. Um, so how are you guys navigating that? Like breaking up gallery hours? There's only two of you, and that's a lot of gallery hours. Yeah, so we are kind we. We're not probably going to get to as many things as we would have wanted to um, otherwise. But yeah, we're just, we kind of made a little schedule and we prioritized what we, what was most important for us to see. Yeah. So we'll just sneak out when we can. Yeah. And is it just you two watching the gallery? Or and you our intern. And your intern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got that intern. Yeah. We have an intern. So that helps. Yeah. <laughs> what are you most excited about for this week? Well, I think um, we have a talk tomorrow that um, RISD is sponsoring for us. So Amiko Oi will be here in the headquarters giving a talk, and we're really excited about that. She... um, She's doing some really cool work. Um, if you're not familiar, you should definitely look her up. Mm-hmm. Um, and tonight, we're both going to the 92nd Street Y. Oh, is that um, with Celine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah, so that will be cool. I've seen her there before, and she does a really nice job. I feel like you guys kind of look alike. Really? Yeah, I oh, think you funny. look like her. It was one day where I started following her on Instagram after I did an interview with Jonathan at yeah. there. And I saw her and I thought it was you for a minute. Oh, that's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, well, that's great that you guys are going to get to see that. Yeah. And then is how long does this show up in this space for? Until Sunday. Oh, until Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Sunday is technically like the end of Jewelry Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because our show is not even until Saturday. Right. Um, and it's funny, like being here, I've gotten to see a lot of people here. And, you know, it's Monday. Right. So a lot of the people I've ran into, they're like... Oh, I'm not going to be here. I leave on Thursday or Friday because, yeah. you know, it's a long time to be gone or in New York. Right. Um, so I think I need to wait. I was like, oh, my God, everybody's going to be missing our show. But uh, I think there's a lot of people coming later in the week. I think so. I th- yeah. It seems like to me that people are either doing like the first half of the week or the second half of the week. Yeah. So, so I'm not around my people right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no one's going to be there. And then I was like, no, girl, just wait. Yeah. It's just the beginning. Manuel and I will be there. Yay! (laughs) Well, see, yeah, that that makes me happy right there. Um, And plus, like, there's six of us, so Mm -hmm. we're pretty much a party in and of itself. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, because I'm going to talk to Manuela, so Mm -hmm. I can't ask you all all the questions. questions. i got to save some for your... Yeah. Um, But... Is there anything you wanted to plug or add why you have some a microphone in front of you? Goodness. Um, I mean, when your shows... Well, no, everybody just hopefully get involved so we can keep this going every year. I know. Right? That's exciting, right? Yeah. yeah, it is in your backyard. It'd be mm-hmm. cool to get to make this happen again. Yeah. I think everybody is hoping and with the intention that it will be annual. Totally. Um, oh, shoot. I just had a question and I just lost it. Well, it's been a long day. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah, it's six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that I haven't lost my voice yet is pretty I know. Great. I'm impressed. Thank I don't know you. if I could talk all day. Oh, I know what my question was going to be. With the show, it's such a stunning show, oh, but it's just you. like, it's done. Like, you wouldn't, is this the type of thing that you would take hashtag fail, hashtag success somewhere else? Um, possibly. I think Manuel and I really love, well, I, I shouldn't put words in her mouth, but I really love the process the application process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that I wouldn't want to redo the show, but 
we really enjoy going through all the applications and looking at the yeah. work. Um, you know, we know a lot of the artists, but then every time we've done this, we learn about new artists who we didn't. Yeah. I mean, we have a painter from South Africa. In oh, our those show. giant gemstones. Yeah, oh, oh, those are good. So it's like it's pretty cool to kind of um, meet new people and and get to see their work and get to feature it. And we actually, I mean, we really love all of the pieces in our show. Yeah, and we spend you know a few hours going through each and every email on our own and then we review them to, we pick our selections and oh and then you go back we together make sure that we both kind of agree on everything and yeah. and we really do both love all the work so i think it's fun for us to um find those those pieces and those people that we want to support and we've had a few artists we, we've had some repetition in mm -hmm. artists which is great but it's because we love them you know yeah. and it's different work it's new work so it's cool yeah Mm -hmm. Well, Kendra, thank you thank so much you. for taking thank some you. time. Of it's course. been nice. Thanks to, for having me. You and I have been here all day. It's been nice yes. to look over and be like, okay, she's still going. Yes. I'm still going. <laughs> We're doing this. Putting together the final touches on our inventory list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that first Monday where like I showed up and they're like still like. Yeah. There's this, <laughs> did you see that amazing moment where. Sienna Patty's on the ground right behind me counting out postcards. Yes. I was just like, this is fantastic. Right. This is what it's all about. I'm uh -huh. <laughs> getting it done. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. It was so fun. Yeah. Um, so I was at Jenna's wedding Saturday. I know. I couldn't go and I felt really bad because I was like installing. I yeah. didn't. I told her that I was going to try to make it, but yeah. she was like, I'll reserve the spot anyway. And then I was like, no, don't do that because I know how yeah. it's going to be to install this whole show. Yeah. And I felt really bad because at the end I couldn't make it. So. I mean, she got it. I, the minute she told me that too, I was like, oh, that girl's not coming. Like, I, <laughs> it's I an know. install. It's yeah. so intense. Well, and now you see the show. So now you see how involved it was. <laughs> oh my, You guys, I, the show is so lovely. And it's funny because I haven't even really gotten to see it that much. I have a little break after you. And okay. so in that half hour, I, yeah, I, I scheduled myself a break. You'll recognize um, a lot of familiar faces. I, I know. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely going to cruise the show and take some photos and take Good. it all in. Um, so I'm here with Manuela Jimenez. Oh, I got that right. Yeah. Well, Kendra gave me a tutorial. A little hint. <laughs> a little hint. Um, who I know because I work at Barry O'Neill, which I've talked to listeners about before, and you used to work at Barry O'Neill. Yes. Um, so it was funny because before I actually got to meet you this past July at a wedding, um, I knew so much about you and we have so many friends in common. So it was one of those we things do. where I was like, oh, finally I get to meet you in the flesh. <laughs> Likewise, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and what I thought was wild about you is that you lived in Philly, but then you moved to New York, but yes. you still commuted to your job in Philly. I was living in New York before working in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. So I applied to the job at Barry O'Neill. Mm -hmm. And once it was kind of settled that I was going to work there, I was back and forth because my partner was still living here. Mm -hmm. We were not share, sure if I was going to move full-time, like we both were going to move full-time, or if we, I was going to be back in New York at some point. I had a one-year contract with Barry O'Neill, so then mm -hmm. it made more sense for me to commute um, between the cities than just m 
ask my partner to move there for me. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I I commuted between the two cities for a year and a half. Okay, so you were only at Barrio Neal for a year and a half. Correct. I feel like you were there for so much longer. No. <laughs> there's so many things that has like the Manuela footprint on it still, you know? <laughs> yeah, we kind of started a lot of things. Uh, Barrio Neal changed a lot while I was there too. Uh, we started various new projects so it, maybe mm-hmm. that's why yeah. you feel that way because we started kind of like try to formalize a lot of processes standardize many others so I think that transition was very crucial for yeah. the company to kind of prepare itself for a bigger scale yeah which um, is we're, we're still trying to prepare ourselves or like catch yeah, up to process. it yeah it's exciting though mm-hmm. um, so at the year and a half was it just like you just didn't feel like Philly was the place for you. You kind of like, I mean, New York is New York, so I, I could see why you'd want to stay here. <laughs> I, to be honest, Philadelphia grew on me towards the end. I mm-hmm. really liked my life there and the time that I spent there, mm-hmm. but I felt more identified with New York City in terms of how I feel here. Yeah, um, I feel there's. Obviously, Philadelphia has a lot of diversity as well and everything, but I kind of felt more close to a community here and felt very comfortable working here. The rhythm of the city, I really like it. I'm a hustler. Yeah. (laughs) So I really like fast and I'm working hard. It's my thing. So I I feel very identified with the city. And in that sense, Philadelphia felt a little slower for me which works for certain people but I think that I felt more at home in New York did you grow up in New York no I grew up in Colombia in Bogota oh South America when did you move to the States I moved to the States for grad school in 2011 oh okay when at RISD where you met correct okay so when I was speaking with Kendra um, I was interested to know how your creative project came to be in this partnership Um, and it's you went to grad school with two members of JV Collective, and that's why yes. I've heard so much about you as well. It's Mallory and Leslie. Yes. It's a tiny little jewelry world, y'all. It's tiny. Um, do you miss Bogota? Um, I miss some things. I miss the people and my friends and my family because all my extended family is in there. But yeah. I don't miss um, the dealing with th- things there, the traffic, um, there are just certain things that I don't identify with of how things are done over there. Yeah. Um, I also don't miss the fact that there's not a, there's a jewelry community growing, but there yeah. wasn't none when I was there, or it was very small. So to get a job there was very difficult. To mm-hmm. even there was there isn't any formal um, education in jewelry. Okay. So that's the whole reason why I went to grad school. Oh, in yeah. the U.S. Because Where did you get your undergrad there? I did my undergrad in, in uh, University of Las, Los Andes, and oh, okay. I did industrial design. Oh. So I took a class in jewelry that was an elective, but it, there's no program of jewelry. And yeah. if you want to be a jeweler, you're pretty much trained as an artisan. Okay. Or a craftsman. But yeah. there's no undergrad or grad program in jewelry. Therefore, there are no jobs yeah you get job you get you would get jobs as an artisan or as a maker but not necessarily 
as a jewelry designer or things like that. Yeah. And um, uh, forgive me, I've never been to Bogota. How big is Bogota? Bogota is big. Oh, (laughs) is it? Would it be like... In terms of uh, population, it's 8 million people. Wow. So it's it's not as dense as New York City, obviously, but in terms of perimeter is a little bigger than New York. Oh, good Lord. And um, so it's a it's also like a very fast city is very not very international, but like it feels like a city. Like yeah. A, so, so you were used to living in a place on the scale in New York. Yes. In it's terms an intimidating of city. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you laughing so hard at that? I'm from Iowa. Have you ever been to Iowa? No. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You probably never will. <laughs> My hometown, my home city, which is the third largest city, had less than a hundred thousand people in it. Oh wow! And yeah, that's that the is third small. largest city in the state. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why it's intimidating. No, I understand. Yeah, I definitely understand. <laughs> First time I ever was on a subway was in New York. I was 21, and um, I'm sure everybody at the subway just hated me because I like couldn't figure out the ticket machine and then I couldn't get my ticket to slide and I had a piece of luggage and I couldn't get it through the turnstile and there's people behind me annoyed. It was just really funny. <laughs> I came here for the first time when I was 11 years old and they still had the tokens. <gasps> oh yeah, the tokens. So in uh, the station in 14 and 8th Street, Mm-hmm. You see this like bronze sculptures of the little man sweeping yeah. the tokens. That's exactly how the subway was <laughs> when I visited at least. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I didn't even realize, yeah, that connection. Um, were your artists craftsmen artists? Or no, were your artists? Were your parents artists? No, my dad was a chemical engineer. Oh, okay. And my mother was a teacher in history and. Um, know how that would translate but mostly history yeah uh, so I get I like that you did industrial design <laughs> and then you went to jewelry yeah it was kind of like a transition of I liked objects and making but I didn't know what I was doing when I was in industrial design and when I took jewelry I kind of realized that I really liked the scale of it the amount of time that it takes to make something mm-hmm. that was that was for me what got me into jewelry yeah so you meet Kendra at RISD um, and you obviously had a you guys are still friends that's amazing yes. yeah I feel like I I meet people that are still best friends from grad school and it's such an intense experience and I've heard so much about it and that is something I am very envious of of these like really strong intense bonds you can grow with people during that period of time i mean leslie and mallory are really close as well um so when did you guys start talking about wanting to work together for curatorial came to me with the idea the beginning of last year so beginning of 2017 Mm -hmm. she said I want to kind of do something maybe let's curate a show I knew Brooklyn Metalworks had the gallery available for proposals so you could Mm. apply with a proposal so I told her let's do it and um, we both started trying to figure out what we wanted to do and a theme in common that we thought that could be interesting and hadn't 
not necessarily hadn't been done because there's nothing new, no, right? Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> but, new. But um, just kind of finding our own language through it and we also had a lot of fun thinking about the theme and just how we wanted to do it and that's how we decided that we we're, we're going together. to curate yeah <laughs> i mean sometimes it just says like hey let's do this i also find do you feel like it was a way for you guys to stay involved in the contemporary jewelry community since you both yes. have full-time day jobs that obviously it makes it hard to stay involved very much and I to be honest with you I haven't made anything since I graduated from Rizzi hey which is really Heck sad yeah, girl <laughs> really sad and also I kind of not that I, I accepted it completely because I know at some point I will start making again I don't know when that will be but when I graduated I focused so much on getting a job and getting sponsored in the US that I that was my energy and yeah. that's where all everything I did was put into that and so I couldn't for me it was very difficult to make while I was thinking on of that yeah so curating a show and organizing all these things that we do with Kendra was what, uh, finding a way for us to kind of belong or have a space mm -hmm. in the art world even though or jewelry art world, mm -hmm. world, even though we were not making. And, you know, that's a conversation that I think has sparked within me because of the podcast. Because people love to ask you, like, when was the last time you made something? <laughs> Here's your coffee, girl. You. Um, and I'm going to be... I'm doing a presentation at a symposium in January. And I've decided to title it All Work is Studio Work. Because I feel like some people get tunnel vision. Like you know if you're not physically making jewelry what are you doing and I think there's so many other roles that people need to play within our community we can't all just be busting out a bunch of work Correct. we need the facilitators you need yeah. the people who are curating shows and creating opportunities for those who are making work and focusing on that and mm -hmm. I think it's really fulfilling to be in all these different roles um, and I think it's also maybe I'll ask you this because you could probably relate in some ways where I find this to be like I did the Philadelphia Museum of Art craft show last mm -hmm. year and I was like I'm finally doing a craft show I did it I made the booth really intense and then I've been doing this podcast I have far more value and this makes me so much happier and fulfilled than that experience ever did um, how does you feel about that like you're not the artist displaying work, but you're the one curating that environment for others too. Yeah, it's 100% satisfying. Yeah. I, I like the fact that I can connect the people that we've worked with to other people and also create a theme around their work because maybe they didn't necessarily intend the work to be in the theme, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's trying to make all these connections and as well as a network as well as a community as well as you know other people to see what other people are doing because I think that one of the things that we've maintained with Kendra is that for both shows we, it's not like we've curated a bunch of course and we don't call ourselves ourselves curators because I think that we don't have that kind of experience necessarily yet we're very new to all this and I want to emphasize that we do most of this for a lot of, you know, for yeah. having fun and because we really like um, 
just jewelry in general. But yeah. one of the things that we've maintained is having call for entries because that way has been a great um, channel to meet new artists. A yeah. lot of the times when I see other shows and I see, you know, you hear recurrent names, which is great because, of course, those people have made a lot of... Uh, made a huge career out of their work but at the same yeah. time I always question you know there must be somebody out there trying and they haven't necessarily been had the light shined on them or given the opportunity or given the yes. opportunity and Love I think that. that with the call for entries is really you get a lot of that uh, of different people very diverse and mm -hmm. they're just you know um, very focused on making certain type of artwork and you're like well what can I do with this or yeah. how do I highlight them mm -hmm. in a different way or create a conversation around their work or just the theme in general do you guys push yourselves to try to maybe even if their craftsmanship aren't up to the level of someone that you see everywhere are you trying to like well maybe you know it's it's there they're trying let's give them a shot yes or even if they're not You know, like you sometimes get the applications and you're like, oh, you see big names and then people that you don't know anything about or yeah. that you've never heard of. And that's but their work is really interesting. Yeah. So I think that that mix of people is really what for me is very satisfying because I myself also maybe didn't know about them. Yeah. And an understanding how they made their work or how they got there is For me, the process is very important. And yeah. I think Kendra and I want to have that diversity in those artists as well to have like different things of their process or their finished pieces highlighted. Yeah. And as a viewer, I appreciate when I walk into a show and I do see pieces I recognize, but also like I want to see the new people. You yeah. Know? You don't want to see the same old people all exactly. the time. Um, I really like. I've been fortunate to be on the other side of applications a few times and it is really insightful and exciting and it's really helped me also as I apply to other things. Cause you yeah, can, it encourages you. <laughs> it encourages you and then you also can kind of critique other applications and take away from that like, oh, this perspective of reading the application, now I know what sounds redundant or maybe this is something not to do. It's, yeah, it can be interesting. Definitely. So with Kendra, I did. I talked a lot about you know you guys got the space for free, um, yes. which is huge because Jewelry Week. I think a lot of people, the biggest thing was finding a space that was affordable to be able to make this happen. Um, and we talked a little bit about how you generate income to be able to sort support these shows. Obviously, this is a passion project. You guys have your full time job, so you're not trying to make a living <laughs> off of this. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. Um, and. I've never been on the curatorial side of things, but, you know, it does make sense when she said, well, you know, we have an application fee and that's how we get that money for yes. um, our overhead. And, you know, she used the term double-edged sword where, you know, you're taking money from people who aren't going to get into the show, but that's just kind of how it is. And is that kind of, did you research or figure out how other curatorial projects do that because that's what application fees are for to cover shipping costs and install fees I guess well so we didn't necessarily research but we knew what we needed to do in order to put the show together yeah so we 
I mean, I've also applied to shows as well, and she yeah. has as well. So we knew a little bit of like how much fees were like mm -hmm. running. Um, but also because as an artist, you think like, oh, I'm not gonna pay, you know, this much to have my work shown. Like, yeah. there's there's certain limits that, of course, like we've seen from other um, call for entries that, yeah, like how the prices are in general. So I think that what in the beginning we saw it as like we need to make this much to kind of like support installation um, materials etc yeah and then from there we said well we think this price is fair yeah but to to us it was more what is fair and what it w an artist would pay or somebody would have at like the uh, if they had the opportunity to apply to something how much would they be willing to give to show their work yeah how much do they value that experience or opportunity exactly and I think you know a lot of people and I've been there too in terms of making your own artwork it's not cheap you're yeah. obviously spending money making your own artwork and then you have to pay for the fee <laughs> like we completely <laughs> and understand then shipping. and then shipping <laughs> yeah. and then you have to like Uh, provide the label which is something that we also ask for because we're um, we want the artist to participate but at the same time like we don't have unlimited funds yeah and we cannot provide that right now yeah if later in the future we can that'd be amazing and I would love that because that support is also something that we want to give but right now we're not in that position yeah um, so that's kind of how we decided what How the fee was going to be. Was your fee 25? Uh, last year was 25 and this year was 35. Okay. I mean, I think that's average. The right. only time I ever am like, oof. For some reason, when you jump to 45, 50, I feel like it's way too much. Exactly. And I <laughs> But think, I don't bat you know, an eye at 35. <laughs> we think about ourselves as well. How much would we pay to yeah. show our work and if it's worth it, right? Yeah. You always have to balance what's worth it to you and what is considered a fair price so do you know how many applicants you had for this lot for hashtag fail hashtag success we had a little bit under a hundred oh okay mm -hmm. so you had around thirty five hundred dollars to spend on display and all your oh no wait no you're right we had no this year sorry last year we had a hundred okay oh that's nice this year I, my memory is not Do you know what so your budget fresh. was for all the things? No. Well, we knew that we were going to like have all the installation work done by ourselves and probably mm -hmm. like how the exhibition was going to play out given the space. Mm -hmm. So we at the beginning when Bella and JB were organizing New York Jewelry Week, we didn't know that we were going to have a space for free. Oh, yeah. So that's why we decided to go up $10 from last year because we thought that we were going to have to rent space for the exhibition. Therefore, we sense. decided to ask for a little more because New York is so expensive. Yeah. And to rent even for a week, it's like very crazy mm -hmm. so that's why we asked for a little more because we were looking for temporary spaces like pop-up spaces to yeah. rent and then at in the middle of the summer JB and Bella contacted us and said oh we have a space for you would you like to be at the headquarters that's and nice. that's how we knew that we were not gonna spend all that money in rent 
So you got, I mean, we were talking about your displays. I love um, how every detail of this experience is thought out down to your holographic <laughs> vinyl, that the fact that their hearts cut out, the name, you guys use the Instagram handles as their title or names. Um, and then she was saying your partner, Ho, who I met at the wedding. Yes. Yeah. Um, sh- she makes furniture? She uh, went to RISD for furniture design, but she also worked at different uh, jobs. Like, she did, had a job as a, um, in a theater in Boston. She worked for the Huntington Theater, and so she used to m- make by hand, like, this elaborate, sin- like, the sets. What do you call design. the sets? Exactly. Yeah. And then she worked for David Stark as a technical designer. So she, she knows a lot about making mm-hmm. and installing and yeah. without her we're nothing <laughs> i was gonna say because it's you guys it's stunning what they do and so yeah then i was like oh okay you guys got a secret weapon we do because you got that custom a cut like acrylic and she said that you guys had the acrylic tops pre-cut and it's like yeah cord corrugated the corrugated plastic i we actually saw so one of uh RISD grads um, when he she posted on Instagram a photo of a display in Korea that was with corrugated plastic it was a little bit different it was kind of more in zigzag motion mm-hmm. and there were like uh, pieces of cardboard floating in the zigzag corrugated oh, plastic cool. um, this in this one we just planned out a different shape yeah. and I was very um, anxious that the display was gonna fall over because it's actually not very sturdy sturdy yeah and we reinforced it (laughs) with glue (laughs) wait did you glue the corrugated plastic to the ground yes we did oh my gosh i love (laughs) it with hot glue it's oh yeah that's fine that'll pull right up that's smart though that's how we inventive yeah yeah but so the we're a little scared of the structure because if people lean on it then that's precarious yeah well you shouldn't be leaning on those anyways it's a gallery show we we hope so too but you never know (laughs) you never know people do the craziest stuff in galleries that you would never expect um, so good luck to you. <laughs> so I really also like the like digital picture display screens. You guys have yeah. four of those. We have total of eight. Those actually. look fancy. They were $39 from Amazon. <gasps> what? Oh, okay. Because I was like, that would blow your budget right there. What are those, like 100 yeah, no. bucks each? Oh, that's We researched brilliant. the cheapest thing that we could find on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And their description on Amazon says white and it's actually purple. What do you mean? Like the color of them? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even notice. But then we figured, oh, our palette is so iridescent and so purple and blue. It will match. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. It goes right along with the show. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so it was actually, you know, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, make it work moment. What other like little install moments did you? <laughs> well, uh, the display was, yeah, just a kind of nerve wracking putting it up. Um, the walls in the space were not in a very good condition and yeah. well as you see the space kind of has like awkward corners and a lot of cabling and yeah. you know like it's wired and there's holes everywhere yeah <laughs> so those things were just kind of like embraced um, but we also try to be a little bit creative covering cords of course we're not magicians so yeah, and we you're in a have pop-up to space 
we have to embrace that there's a lot of things we cannot hide yeah. especially when you do a lot of digital and this is the first time that we do so much digital because mm. the, all of those screens are showing um, the Instagram feed of all of our artists yeah. um, to show their process and like all of that um, so hiding the cables makes no sense right but you yeah. can kind of camouflage the ca like with colors so Ho'o helped us a lot doing that camouflaging things yes yeah building boxes around boxes and anyway it's not enough just to make the jewelry you have to, oh god we're having the worst display trouble with <laughs> jv collective we got these for like, the sirens show yeah we um our friend brian who's amazing has um like a giant cnc router oh okay. yeah with this company that works at that gave him access to like you can use it for whatever so he was like hey if you guys are interested and then Emily Cobb, who is our, you know, the best part about it being in a collective is that we all have our strengths. My strengths are not in any way um, computer related. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even this morning, these, I have these two, like my, these things, these like little graphics that are really simple. And I'm sure you would be like, oh, those are easy to do. No, I called Maria Ify at like 730 in the morning, almost in tears. Can you just do this for me? The format of printing. <laughs> I know. I was like, can you do an illustrator file of these things for me? She said, yeah. So Emily Cobb is like our total like 3D guru who's like, oh, I have this. I have that program. I can make this file to do these um, dis wall displays for us. And so we bought this like huge piece of MDF that took like four of us to lift it. And wow. we went there the other night and it took like four and a half hours to cut them and get them cleaned up and all this stuff. And then somehow in the translation, because Emily's on the West Coast, yeah. she sent the file to Brian. I think he had to tweak it or something because of it's a, their computer program. And everything is like four inches off. Oh, no. Too small. Yeah, that happens. So, you know, too big wouldn't be an issue. Too small. Yeah, too small is the is where you don't want to be. You can't be. You can't do anything. Like, my yeah. necklace is hanging off the end of the display. Like, it doesn't work. Oh. So, we're having a make it work moment. I watch a lot of Project Runway lately. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of... It is what it is. We'll make it work. And it will look amazing. And no one yeah. will question it. But... At the end of the day, it's all the effort and it's just... And it's funny because as you were talking, you're like, it. there's these like holes, the walls aren't in that good a condition. I didn't yeah. even think of any of that when I saw the show. But as somebody who's installing the show, I felt the same way in Munich. All I could see was the, the things that I couldn't change and that I thought were just like a blemish on our install. And probably no one even thought about it. And no one's going to care about our... It's a one day show. Yeah. Who cares? And but well, and people go for the jewelry, not to see your space and how crooked it is. <laughs> I know, but you can't help that. Like of I'm in course. that mindset right now, where I'm just like, ah, they're not gonna be perfect. <laughs> and it's also that thing we put a lot of work into it. It's cool. We're gonna recut them, and they'll be perfect for next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you have to do that. So, um, with this, what is? Sorry, train of thought. Oh, here we are back. What are you most excited about this week? <laughs> well, so this week, um, I'm really excited. Well, I went to the Used Future Symposium. Oh, a Pratt lot of people this did. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. I really liked all of the, the speakers. And it got me thinking about a lot of things because none of them were formally trained as jewelers. 
And so that was interesting to see how they would approach jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited about all of the events that are happening. I signed up for a bunch of things. I hope I can make it to all of them. Yeah. And well, the talk tonight as well in the 92nd Street Y. Yeah. I'm going to With that. With Celine Velandes. Yes. Yeah, that'll be amazing. So I'm excited about that. But uh, just how it plays out, I feel it's important in terms of seeing how the city uh, responds to New York Jewelry Week. And um, because it's so much a combination of commercial you know contemporary art jewelry and all these people coming together for this effort that i think that i'm just more interested on the effect that it's going to have Mm -hmm. in in the city itself rather than like event singling them out yeah um but just as a whole to me is very exciting yeah and how it overall there's so much programming going on I don't know. I don't know how much I'm actually going to get to see this week because when you're involved, it's really hard. I was yeah. talking to Kendra about that today too because she and I have been here all day. So I was like, "Oh yeah, gallery hours. It's not so much. It's not even enough to like to do all this work beforehand. Then when the show's yeah. up, you literally, you physically have to be there. Yeah. Um, are you taking off time this week to be at the gallery? So I, I'm very fortunate to have a job where they're very open of me having exposure to all these things and. Um, my boss asked me which which events am I planning to go and which ones I thought that would be productive for even me at work mm-hmm. and so I made like a schedule and I presented it to him and he said whatever you need to do please Aww. go ahead that's nice yeah are you watching the gallery tomorrow when's your shift uh well we are kind of taking turns here and there a friend of mine um Camila who is one of the artists in the show is also helping us she has been our intern for the past um, month or so and she will be here whenever we cannot be here so she's been really great I'm very sad that I cannot pay her for her efforts (laughs) as being you know because she's doing all of this voluntary work for us and but it's with you know without help like hers we would all also wouldn't, wouldn't be, be able to do it. Yeah. Well, there, I'm sure there's other value or ways that you're like paying her back in that regard. I yeah. hope she feels that way. <laughs> How old is she? Is she like an undergrad or something? No, she actually also went to RISD and she graduated from printmaking this she, year. Oh, cool. I mean, I'm yeah. sure she's just excited to be involved with something too. Yeah. And even yeah. though it's not her medium, yeah. she's also learning about other artists and meeting new people and well she has her piece on the show and she's been able to talk to people visiting the show as well and people what they think about her piece so i think that will be interesting for her oh i hope to meet her yeah Yeah, (laughs) she's a pretty cool person um well hashtag fail hashtag success i love the look of the show i love your aesthetic icons at play the first show you guys did and i had asked kendra i was like okay so what's next like you know Thank putting you. putting things on like this it's you know i think for jv collective we had did a show at munich jewelry week and felt like overwhelmed at putting on another one um it's a lot of effort and takes a lot of planning yes. um do you guys i mean i'm it's ridiculous to ask this question but what's next like are you already planning your next show or are you kind of like we are not uh, planning anything at the moment, but I think that we want to see 
if we can l recover a little bit from the expenses that we had putting this show up because yeah. even though we had the call and everything we we still had to put a lot of our personal money into it like and how much um so right now we're negative 400 and something dollars each or all together no all together so it's not okay. that bad not that bad but that's still a lot it i mean it was something that we didn't anticipate and it's yeah. just like little things that come up or you know just because we were ambitious and we were like oh let's do this yeah we let's want do this. that right yeah. and mm -hmm. it's kind of like how you want it and you want your you don't want to compromise anything or yes that's save a good way to money say. in like stupid things that could make the show better like we wanted to go all out yeah. and i'm happy we did because it turned out great or at least we're very happy with it yeah but, you should be it's great um so we are we want to kind of recover some of that and at the same time if we do we had a a um an opportunity come came up in a sh um It's a gallery in Australia that it's kind of like a pop-up gallery and mm -hmm. they were looking for participants to put up a show there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you basically mail everything and they put it up for you, but it costs money. So Kendra and I talked about it and we thought, you know, maybe if we recover enough, we yeah. would be able to participate in things like that or even apply to the snag. Um, Um, emerging Adorns. curators oh, yeah. uh, grant I was going to ask that I was like it sounds like this is something where now you have two shows under your belt to show exactly. your self motivation you can apply for grants and things like that yeah I don't know why we haven't done uh, applications to grants before because definitely there's a bunch <laughs> that you can do it's just I yeah. think uh, it's been a matter of time that these opportunities kind of like come up and then you're like oh but what if you had applied to the grant yeah. or something like that and also because we do other things besides this we haven't put our full energy in making a structure of how financially it can maintain itself hey i relate to that with the podcast so much i mean <laughs> yeah if you don't have a plan yeah. you're not gonna make money yeah and it's not it's not enough that you're already doing a show and all this it's like you have a full-time job i have a full-time job yeah i don't have like an extra 10 15 hours a week to work on a grant or marketing plan exactly it's, it's rough but yeah. bit by bit you can dig away at it a little yeah well i'm excited to see what your next project will be and where you guys go <laughs> well thank you yeah. i i hope we do go somewhere and if yeah. we don't then you know that we do other things yeah definitely over <laughs> the next new york city jewelry week <laughs> and all the things uh, well thank you kendra Is, oh my god <laughs> This guys, this is yeah. This is hour seven. It's the end of the day. <laughs> it is the end of the day, but I'm keeping it together pretty well, except for the fact that I just called you Kendra, and your name is Manuela. Uh, well, thank you for speaking with me. It's been such a pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> Perceived value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support become our patron. Visit patreon.com slash perceived value to learn more or check out our website at perceivedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>